Hello, and welcome to Dungeon Chatter. This is Travis. This is Victoria. And today, we're talking about... Mini games. <laughs> you always do that, that humming, but do you realize that the, the song comes right before we introduce ourselves? Not Hello, you have tuned in to the Dungeon Chatter podcast. Uh, and what is it that we do on the Dungeon Chatter podcast? Uh, normally just bullshit and a little <laughs> bit of heroin. Whoa. <laughs> um, we do not uh, do. As it's I re- buttloads of heroin. Okay. As I recall, it's actually something like RPG design uh, and discussion. Yep. And as I recall, we go alphabetically. Um, and on each letter, we choose an aspect of RPG design. Uh, and we talk about what that concept is. We talk about how some games do it where we like um, and things, uh, how some games do it that we don't like. And then we make a pitch. And then we do hack and slash, which we're actually going to do today. We mm-hmm. haven't always been doing hack and slash because we've been sometimes... Abstract um, concepts and things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, maybe we respond to the hack and slash. And then we go from there. Mm-hmm. And we play tests and we do all kinds of fun things. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And so today we are talking about... Mini games. Yeah. And so uh, let's start off with a, just a definition of what a mini game is. <clears throat> and I think that maybe being clear on what a mini game is in the beginning will pay a lot of dividends later. Uh, so let's just say that it is part of another game using different rules and resolution. And a common aspect, I think, of mini games, but perhaps not a necessary aspect, is that you can spend an indefinite amount of time doing that thing. So if you have um, uh, like an hour between sessions, uh, you, you could perhaps spend time working on the mini game. Uh, or if you have a week, you could spend a week working on it. Now, the reason I say this is not a necessary aspect will become clear when we talk about some of the examples that we have. Okay. Go ahead. Um. I'm a little, I'm a tiny bit lost. You could spend a week working on the minigame? Doing the minigame in between sessions or something like that. You're not saying like a week straight, like you are doing nothing but playing a minigame. Well, no, but you could spend, I mean, you could spend 50 hours uh, working on how, not you as a character. I mean, like you as a player could sit down over like a a long weekend um, and maybe like design a layer. Oh, okay. And that would be, that's potentially mini-gaming. Um, or you could uh, level up and kind of think through how you want to spend your points and do it a bunch of different ways and figure out how you want to level up. Okay. The only reason I say that's not a necessary aspect uh, is because sometimes it happens in the flow of the game. And then unless the game has, a, like for some video games, um, unless it has a, a turn-based component then you have to act or else you lose the game Mm -hmm. and so sometimes like you can lose in the mini game and that means that you lose the game period but sometimes not uh so let's talk through some examples yeah i think the examples are what's going to help and i will say uh that when we were discussing what m should be i was really i guess confused about what mini games were Mm because i've got a very particular thought of what a mini game is so maybe do you want to do you want to tell us do you want to start that off or do you want to what my particular Mm -hmm. view is Mm -hmm. uh, I mean I just I I probably think like um 
uh, in video games, mini games are often like different sections of the game that normally don't do much with the actual story. Um, like so, in Sonic the Hedgehog or Sonic Adventure, uh, there were mar- uh, like m- cart racing sections mm-hmm. that were just mini games, and they had mm-hmm. nothing to do with the game. Uh, like they didn't even like involve any sort of continuity with where you were in the game, anything like that. Um, and that tends to be what I think of with a mini game. And I, I would consider so. I think one of the examples that you mentioned you would want to bring up is in um, Fallout. Three and four, the lock picking is a mini game, mm-hmm. even though it, it does require like it, it affects what you do then with the other uh, part of the game, with the normal part mm-hmm. of the game. Um, but it, it feels separate, like it's a really different user interface. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, so using different rules and resolution, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I don't know um, Sonic so well. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you remember um, in the game Evil Within, the Evil Within, Evil Inside, whatever that game is called? I didn't play that one very far. But... Right, but there was a so um, there was what I would consider um, a mini game where, aside from the missions, uh, you could go into this room and then you could do these target practice games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but doing those target practice games would give you. Uh, rewards like you might get like the green juice that you need to level up um, or man it's been a while since I played but you could get other things too maybe other rewards like equipment rewards mm-hmm. um, would that be a mini game yeah okay <clears throat> yeah so this is my thought right so it can have an impact on the game so it may not affect where you are in terms of the story uh, but it gives you equipment to go back into the game uh, but the reason I'm calling it a mini game is because it's a game within the game that has uh, separate rules and a different resolution system. So I'll give an example. So I think, <clears throat> sorry, I think like third edition on um, has pretty rigorous rules about crafting items. Okay. And so on one hand, uh, you could play all of Dungeons and Dragons uh, without ever crafting an item, right? Um, or uh, you could uh, sit down and spend the time to figure out the resources you would need to craft it, uh, how much time, how much money, how much whatever. I mean, it could even spawn in-game things like, oh man, we need to go find like the like a rock hair or something like that, rock feather, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, or a dragon spine, we need to go find something like that. So it can have an impact on the game. But the idea is, um, in the end, it has its own rules, like gather this and this and this and this, um, and then resolve. And I don't know what the resolution is, I don't know how that works anymore. Um, but yeah, it's the kind of thing that you could do kind of on your own time, blah, 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 right? And never have to do. And maybe that's part of what the mini game is. Maybe. Yeah. So crafting. Um, or you could just play and find, you know, use all the weapons you find or, and all the armor you find and all the spells you find and all all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking that crafting, um, the more rigorous rules you have uh, for exotic equipment, uh, materials and things like that. Um, it becomes it, it becomes a mini game, right? mm-hmm. so and and uh, on that time component, you wouldn't have to, but you could spend I think like you could spend a week designing like the perfect uh, weapon, and I mean you as a player could okay. spend a week thinking about. It. So that's what I was I had in mind for crafting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also had a thought that um, hacking in some RPGs mm-hmm. enters into a mini game. 
Uh, and so uh, in Shadow, so Shadow Run was the first RPG, uh, and this is a video game RPG that I can remember that did this. And so um, you could run around and shoot people and do whatever, um, use skills maybe, but you could alternately, you have to have a data jack like in your head, and then you could jack into um, cyberspace. Okay. And then you would go around networks and you controlled like these, you would click, I want to go to this node or that node or that node. <clears throat> and then when you got to them, uh, sometimes you would have to use skills in order to get past them. And it was like a secondary combat uh, system and everything that was developed there. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in this second secondary system, it was like in... Typically, it was an, like an overhead view of all your the stuff you were doing, moving around and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But in cyberspace, it was this interesting view from behind a kind of cyber persona. Mm -hmm. And it was like a vaguely he, like a masculine figure. Um, and he, could, he would throw out these different attacks um, and had these different skills that he could use um, to defeat. Um, and so like really different um, sets of rules um, and resolution system. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's what I had in mind. And then, I don't know if you've seen um, how um, Ex Machina, wait, no, Deus Ex, sorry, Deus Ex uh, does this stuff. Uh, so I don't know if it, these were made by the same people, but this is a massive ripoff of Shadowrun. Uh, so when you go to nodes, you have to like spin them around so you can, like you create a kind of complete a puzzle. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's not how the game goes, right? So otherwise, like, that's not what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so you actually have to go into a terminal and you do that and you have a time limit because if you take too long, you can be traced, um, just like you could be in um, Shadowrun. Mm -hmm. Shadowrun had this little flamey ball, or sometimes it was just a, it was called a trace, I think. Um, and the trace would go like this, and it would move to the, the screen's edge. And when it hit the edge, you were kicked out of the system. But if it were a trace and burn, if it got to the, it would be a flaming ball. And when it got to the edge of the screen, it would melt one of your programs. And they would sometimes be like super expensive to uh, go out and buy again. So um, I think that's another example of the mini game. Um, and then maybe there are some that aren't so obviously uh, mini games, but have some of those components. Uh, and so um, leveling up, which we talked about last time, is a thing that's done. Like you could play the game forever and never level up, right? I, I guess, right? You would just <laughs> not improve. <laughs> not improve. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't uh, know why, but yeah. Well, uh, so there used to be um, campaigns for zero level characters. Uh, where like nobody's would go out and try to to save the day, um, or at fun. least adventures. But I'm sure p some people have run some campaigns. So um, if you ran a campaign for zero level characters, um, hit us up um, and tell us about it. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Um, so leveling up could be like a mini game because it's so rather than you know you're rolling your d20 or your percentile dice for leveling up, you're distributing points or you're doing whatever you're selecting or so it, you could think of it as a mini game. Um, or you might just think of it as an equally important piece of the game. There's the, the playing of it, and then there's the improving your character or something like that. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, did you want to... So we talked a little bit about this in some film footage, in some footage that probably isn't being used, but... Uh -huh. So do, did you want to talk about Sims a little bit? And you can include it maybe in this group where it's not clear that one's more important than the other? Yeah. Um, so in, in Sims... There are two major components, uh, which is one is you follow the life of a, a sim. Um, and since the game is called The Sims, you might argue that that's what the game was more intended to do. There's also building. Um, and I think it's impossible to get achievements without building, at least at some point. 
So it's definitely something that the game intends you to do. Um, but there are also people out there who don't play The Sims, like don't follow the lives of their Sims nearly as much as they will build. And I, me and my mom are both more in that category. Yeah. Mom, maybe not. Mom actually like gets achievements with people and stuff. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I'm one who, when I see how much time you, you two spend on building, I'm like, wow, I just want to play. <laughs> I just wanna you want to play. play? I just want to play. No, I just want to play the game rather than do all that. But, oh. But, yeah. Yeah, so to me, I think the game is equally mm -hmm. a building simulator as well as, like, a simulation of life. It's not quite clear which is more important or it's not quite clear where the draw off for a mini game would be because uh, it does have different rule sets um it does have different resolution i guess i don't know that there would be really a resolution to building besides you build something that your sim can't use right but if you're only playing to build maybe that doesn't matter mm -hmm. um so it's a really tough line to draw like we both have i think different arguments or different sides of this where i think that building and Sims is not a mini game, mm -hmm. but Dad thinks it is, and I think the one that he like as a, a proxy to this, he was like, "Is there if there's a racing game that involves racing and fixing your car up after a race? Is that a game with two mini games, or is that uh, a game with two parts?" And to me, that's a game with two parts. Mm -hmm. So, but I've, you're going to give a different answer. It sounds like if you look at. Um... Fallout, we we also talked a little bit about Fallout, and so Fallout had the, in the last two, mm -hmm. I think, the, the uh, building these outposts or whatever, and in not the most recent, I think, but the one before was the one where you could really spend a ton of time investing in, so not in Fallout 76, but in the one before that. Oh, yeah. So Fallout 76, maybe this... Maybe this says something in general about how I don't like building very much. Like, I don't build anything in Fallout 76. I just don't care for that. That's not exciting. Mm -hmm. But in the one before that, building outposts was actually really cool mm -hmm. uh, and getting those resources and having all that stuff going. But it seemed really clear to me that that was um, a mini game in that game, at least. Um, yeah. I, th I think that it feels like a mini game because there are sections of the world, like the vast majority of the world is areas that you can't build. Mm -hmm. But in Sims, every right. single lot, like anything that you can touch, is something that you can alter yourself. So not the, not the streets, huh? Not the streets. I mean, but your Sim doesn't do anything on the streets. They're they just go to work. They don't. A car they gets, walk. Car they, picks them up. In the Sims <laughs> two and three, they did, but in right. Sims four, there are no cars, and people just walk out to the door. Whoa. Yeah. So I haven't played Sims in like weeks. Yeah. A decade or something. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, but I think that's plausible. So there are some, maybe we'll call them really clear-cut mini-games. Mm -hmm. And then there are some, yeah, that where it's not at all clear. And mm -hmm. then maybe there are some where it's painfully obvious that they're not mini-games. And maybe they're two equally important parts of a game, or more than two equally mm -hmm. important parts of the game. Like maybe in Tron, mm -hmm. uh, Tron has these four, I don't know, either mini-games um, or... Just sections of the sections game. Sections of the game, yeah. yeah. Um, so if you have a view, if you have thoughts on what the four, uh, quote, games within Tron are, are they mini games or are they games or just parts of the game? Oh, let us know. Uh, I haven't played Tron. I don't know what the narrative is. I don't know. Oh, the narrative isn't especially. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't think anyone who played <laughs> Tron knew the narrative until we saw that movie. Um, and that was pretty, pretty boss. 
yeah, we should watch the original again. It's been a while. Our, maybe I'm just being a little incendiary, but are boss fights mini games? I, I think absolutely they are, at least in some games. Okay. Uh, so um, in Deus Ex, I think it was part one, you spend the whole time sneaking around, trying not to be found, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get into a boss fight, and it's one-on-one, -on -one and you're locked in, and you can't hide anymore. And uh, it might even change, like, the view. Uh, and I thought, this this is not the game I've been playing. Mm -hmm. And that was the first boss fight. And apparently um, those boss fights were outsourced uh, to a different design company. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why they felt like, I'm, I'm like, like, what is this? This yeah. is not part of the game. Um, and if I could have opted out of it, I would have been fine. I mean, if you could just hit a button, and maybe I don't get the cool reward, but let me move on in the story. Um, yeah, so I do think sometimes yeah. boss fights could be mini games. Yeah. yeah, I know in Super Mario, especially, mm. there is a definitive way that you're supposed to defeat a boss, and yeah. if you try to do things that would have defeated other bosses, it, mm -hmm. it just doesn't work. Uh, so yeah, but that's definitely that is what you do to finish a narrative. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm changing my opinion just a tiny bit. Yeah, and I'm not saying that it's always the case mm -hmm. that a boss fight is. Sometimes it's just do this and then do it more when you fight <laughs> yeah, the boss. Um, but other times it's, yeah, something really weird and different. Yeah. Um, and and I hope that it hasn't, like, so we're not saying that mini games are bad. We're actually going to make a case for sometimes when it sounds like an awesome idea to have some yeah, mini games. Yeah, I, I like mini games. Yeah. And I don't think that just because I think a mini game has to not be integral to a narrative often mm -hmm. uh is in any way condemning mini games i think they're fun yeah yeah i was just making sure people like yeah i think we're both mm -hmm. there are some bad mini games and some good mini games mm -hmm. um okay we got hacking i'm just going down the list here um so uh i've got two others to talk about and then we'll make um our pitch um and go from there so um maybe uh building spells um so Probably not in all of the D&Ds that I've played, where there's just a kind of set list for spells, um, and you choose those spells. Yeah. Um, but there are some games where, you know, your task is, or, or you're able to manipulate um, those spells. Like, maybe there's a base listing for a spell, and you can combine these pieces with these pieces to do different things. And I think that um, Mage, and I Mage has, a like, it's Vampire, World of Darkness, Werewolf. The Reckoning? I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's called Mage the Ascension. Uh, so it's in that storyteller um, family. Um, and so uh, I think that in that world, uh, it's called Mage, right? So magic is really important. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that characters get set apart is by their unique spells. And so you get to create these spells. Um, now, um, I guess you could live and not be a mage, but why would you do that in the world called <laughs> Mage? <laughs> yeah. Like uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, like, well, we don't really go into dungeons and we definitely don't tangle with dragons ever. I mean, that's, that's us. <laughs> well, <laughs> but eventually, hopefully, right? It's like, I mean, maybe we'll kill a dragon eventually. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe we'll go into that dungeon. You've gone into plenty of dungeons. I can think of one. I can think beneath of... a town right now in the um, uh, why you all thought you were killing dragons, and you're beneath a town right now on in drag in um, dungeony type things. Uh, I actually didn't do the dungeony thing, but oh. I for I forget that the, the party did that. Okay. But yeah. yeah, the last I played, we were in a forest being attacked by a giant something. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's that. And then um, one more that is a maybe not so obvious um, in minigame, but it has to do with uh, building these things up. Uh, so in D&D, when you reach 10th level, maybe? 9th level? I can't remember. As a, as a warrior, you can do this thing where you attract followers. Mm -hmm. And so your character actually has to like leave adventuring for a bit, mm -hmm. build a castle or a keep, and then you roll percentile dice, I think, and followers just start showing up. So your reputation has become so great. Uh, and so um, the rule piece that is applied is like roll these dice and that will tell you what shows up. But in order to unlock that, you have to get a stronghold, right? Uh, and so you could either get one or you can build it. And I think you were they called it building a stronghold. So then you would have to go out and design and all this stuff. Now the, the weird thing about calling this a minigame is that um, the player's handbook, for instance, did not give you any guidance on how to do that. So how to build a, a stronghold. Just build a stronghold. Okay. Uh, and so it wasn't clear what that was supposed to be or look like or anything like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and that was in D&D, AD&D 2nd Edition. Okay. Um, now why would you, why on earth would you include a minigame? And I think our favorite answer to this question is always because it's fun. Yeah. Um, so, um, if it's fun, then, you know, what's fun for a lot of people might not be fun for everyone. And so this is one of the reasons why we think about, um, mini games as being in some important sense optional. Mm -hmm. There should be an alternate way to, um, accomplish this task. Like you were talking about, um, lock picks. Mm -hmm. Lock yeah. picking. And Fallout. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Lock picks and, and follow, and then you often have a, a terminal right there that you can hack into mm -hmm. the same door, or there might be an alternative way around it if you were willing to spend more time. There's a, often a lot of optional hacking and yeah. uh, lock picking. Yeah, and I think, um, and so if you are someone who just wants to pump up your hacking and doesn't really want to lock pick, then hack away, yeah. uh, and you'll be able to get through almost all the doors and almost all the ways you want to, uh, or vice versa. Um, and so, uh, with that in mind, um, did we, wasn't episode D downtime? Didn't we do D downtime? D was damage. D was for damage. Oh, um, then, uh, maybe it was like one of the first blogs I posted. Um, so on dungeonchatter.com, it's called Between Slaying Dragons. Um, and it's like our most popular blog post. Oh, nice. And now we're changing downtime. <laughs> well, not changing. <laughs> we're, we're adding an additional element to downtime, yeah. I think. Yeah, and so um, you can do downtime in a in the way that a lot of other games uh, talk about downtime. Um, like I talk about it in terms of degrees of freedom. So you you have like you're going to be in a certain place for a certain amount of time with certain resources. And if you want to read about the old system that we we were using, you can read that blog post. So between slaying dragons um, on dungeonchatter.com. Now, one of the reasons why I think it's a good idea uh, to develop alternate rules for this is because, like, almost no one would do um, any kind of developed. Like, no one would, or very few people would do downtime in accordance with those things that I came up with. Um, it, they, it was much more likely that people would just text me um, and say, hey, I want to look at this. Um, and so that, that's all fine. It was very informal downtime. Mm -hmm. And remember, so downtime is the time in between your adventures. Uh, so you might have weeks or days or hours or who knows, months mm -hmm. uh, in between your last mission and your next mission. And so downtime is like, well, what are you doing uh, in those times? 
And um, there's a real world component, which is like, what are you doing in between sessions where you meet? Mm -hmm. uh, and so sometimes there's like no, no time or almost no time in game, but you might not meet for a month mm -hmm. or six months, however long it's been for that one party. Yep. Um, and other times uh, you might meet frequently. You might even, we used to play, take a food break and then come back and play. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you might be thinking while you're eating your sandwich, you, you might be wondering, man, I wonder if I have time to do this in the game. Mm -hmm. So downtime is when you're not doing the adventuring. Mm -hmm. And so um, I thought it would be interesting to come up with uh, something that would be more fun and maybe get people more engaged. So I hope it does. Mm -hmm. uh, so I designed a card-based uh, downtime system. And um, the way it works is there are four components. <clears throat> There's uh, people, places, things, and ideas. And uh, the basic idea behind it is that um, you're going to uh, either come away with assets or challenges from this process. And uh, how many cards are involved are dependent. Uh, it depends upon your skill level. It depends upon um, how long you want to take. It depends how in your face uh, about your investigations you want to be, um, and whether. Yeah, well, first person, second person, third person, uh, or how aggressive you are about it. So if you are um, the great uh, Batman detective mm -hmm. and you're sprinting down a street screaming, where's the Joker? Um, like, well, people will know that you're there. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you get your hands on someone, then you're likely to get evidence or information. Uh, and so the idea is, well, what are we going to come away with in terms of people? So will you have some contacts who could be a benefit to you? Um, or will you have some enemies uh, who are ready to challenge you? Um, in terms of uh, places, you know, will you find places um, that are kind of friendly to you? Or will you find places that are uh, new challenges to you? Mm -hmm. And this opens up, I think, role-playing uh, role possibilities on both of these, right? So um, if there's a potential enemy, you could put that down as a new challenge. Like, oh, we want to get rid of this enemy. Um, mm -hmm. Or we want to investigate that place. Um, or we want to get this person as an ally. Um, for things, those would be um, equipment and resources. And uh, this is a way of handling that question about whether a character, um, hey, do I have uh, torches right now? Or do I have, um, in the present day game, do I have a flashlight? Yeah. Um, so if you have an asset card, you can just play your asset card and, and have it. Um, and then for ideas, um, this is especially useful for the game that we're playing now, which is, what are we calling it, paranormal? Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Informally, paranormal, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the characters don't know about undead and mm -hmm. spiritual stuff, uh, paranormal stuff. So uh, the idea would be that before going into a mission from now on, they could do some research ahead of time and come up with either some good intel or some bad intel. So if you get an asset card for uh, information, ideas, then you might know like a secret weakness mm -hmm. of something. Um, or if you get a challenge card, um, you might have bad intel like, oh, we need silver bullets. And then you go in there and I play the card, the challenge card, and it turns out that silver bullets don't work against this thing. Mm -hmm. Pretty evil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's all based on card deck resolution, and it's essentially opposed cards. So two cards, uh, one card is played as an asset and one is played as a challenge, um, and whichever one uh, is higher uh, wins and gets to claim the opposing card. If the cards are of the same uh, face value, um, then they cancel each other out, and nobody gets a benefit on that component. Uh, so in general, um, you know, you should walk away with um, either, you know, a card, an area canceled out, like nothing for people, where the two cards cancel out, or you get an asset 
uh, or a challenge. Um, and that's just in general. If you have greater skills and spend more time doing things, then you could come out with multiple assets in a particular area, or maybe in all the areas. Um, and so I think it adds some role-playing possibilities and some cool complexity, if you want it, uh, to your downtime. Mm -hmm. So that's the pitch. That's the pitch. And we're going to come back in about three seconds with the Curveball. troubleshooting. <laughs> Curveball. The troubleshooting. Oh, the hack and slash, sorry. Hack and slash first, yeah. And we're back. <laughs> uh, all right, so now it is time to um, hack and slash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you think? Um, hack and slash. So I haven't had a chance to, you showed me this, mm -hmm, um, and that was basically the same thing because it's just drawing cards. Right. Um, and I'm not entirely certain mm -hmm. how, so when you showed it to me, there was specifically one feature where it's possible for a player to be able to draw two cards against the opponent's one card. Yes. And I'm still not entirely sure how a, a player's skills could do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little, uh, on like the more technical rules, yeah. the more advanced rules, I'm a little uh, confused. Right. So, um, yeah, so more advanced rules are more advanced. Uh, and so they do uh, offer greater possibilities for wrinkles and things like that. So um, while I'm answering this a little bit, think about just the general idea of what, what it's supposed to accomplish. Um, yeah. And so... Um, so suppose that you have a, uh, a contact rating already, uh, you, and that's a skill that you could have. I thought you were... Uh, sorry. Remember there are titles, and they come with um, responsibilities and privileges? Oh, it's the titles yeah. feature. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that used to be just part of your stats. Yes. You used to be able to just add some sort of benefit to a stat that you had enough points in. But we, we recently redid the system. So, okay, yes. Yeah. yeah, so based on titles that you might have, um, so do you have, what do you have? Um, I've got paramedic mm -hmm. as my like job title. I've got sister as mm -hmm. a plus one responsibility. Uh -huh. uh, uh, what else do I have? College student or anything? I'm or? not, no, 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 I'm working. I'm an adult. AA sponsor or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a 12-step sponsor. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so uh, what those offer are, in some scenarios, are just not going to be relevant, right? Mm -hmm. So if they were relevant in all of them, they would be way more powerful um, mm -hmm. than they are. Um, but for paramedic, for instance, um, this could almost certainly come in handy if you want to scout a location uh, that has um, po possible uh, medical supplies or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or... Um, finding out um, about uh, maybe in your case like uh, epidemiology or something like so if there's a spread of an illness in an area your paramedic skill would add uh, to your ability to do one of those areas mm -hmm. and and you would have a choice about where the card gets played so say so you have um, like a level one title um, that would give you one card that you could play in one of the areas I could choose which yeah. area? Okay. It would have to make sense, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, the one wrinkle that I didn't mention was, well, there are two um, external factors. So there are the four piles, but there's also the alert factor and the time factor. Mm -hmm. uh, and so time is how long it takes you to do this. Uh, and so one of the requirements is that you have to have enough time to do your reconnaissance in order to, to play the mini game. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes you might have to just do it super rushed and come away with like no or bad intel. That's a possibility. Mm -hmm. um, and the alert factor is another one that I'm tinkering with right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, if you are, you know, you're 
Batman and you're running around screaming, where's the Joker, then you might find the Joker, but you might find the Joker because the Joker finds you um, and everybody knows that you're there, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, and this could be bad for you. It mm-hmm. could mean that the bad people leave um, or it could mean that they get ready for you, depending. Yeah. Um, and so in some cases, playing a skill card could be used to decrease the alertness. So I'm going to do this through back channels using this card. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the general idea with more advanced stuff. I'll post these rules for the advanced options um, after we test them a little bit. But So the general idea is it's you could either do the typical kind of downtime where maybe you're texting um, or you have a message board or you have whatever. You just talk to the person. Um, or you could play this game with a deck of cards. Yeah. yeah. Any thoughts? Um... Hack and slash, yes. I'm, I'm slashing and I'm hacking. Okay. Uh, the only, one of the things I keep thinking about is with the downtime that we've had so far, mm-hmm. if there have been any negative reactions to things that I've asked about with downtime, I either didn't know about them, mm-hmm. which is cool, Yeah. or they haven't come up. Right. Um, so with this, the card game, you know when you lose a card game, unless you're playing solitaire on your own mm-hmm. and you just tell people what cards they have, mm-hmm. or not even, like, okay, that's what you want to do, and then you just play some solitaire, and you're like, all right, cool, we'll, we'll figure that out when we get to it. Yeah. Yeah, and okay, so, um, so two options. Um, uh, yeah, I do like this idea that the players uh, don't know quite mm-hmm. all the things. Um, and so one possibility is that I uh, tell the players all of the cards um, that they have. So like, oh, there are two cards for um, people that mm-hmm. you have, two asset cards. Um, and I'll just call them all asset cards. Mm-hmm. And then when, and those might actually be challenge cards. Uh, and so if you say, oh, I'm going to use my asset card to go find someone to help us. And I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, good. And it actually ends up being a challenge. <laughs> and so you, you try to find someone and they betray you or something like that, yeah. which that could be really cool. Um, yeah, I, I see it yeah. being very hard for a player to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to use my challenge card. Like, to, to willingly know. Even oh, if, no, no, even no. If I would ch- get to, so the GM would play the challenge card. Okay. Yeah, so those are the two possibilities. Even if we know about them, you have the ability yeah. to. But if we don't know about them, the player can say, I want to use. They would, they would, so in that case, so scenario one is where you get the, the asset cards, and I would get, as the GM, I would get the um, challenge cards. And then you say, I'm going to go look for something, and I'm going to use this asset card, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, maybe you say, I'm going to go look for equipment, and I play the challenge card, and you're like, oh, I'm not going to find the equipment. So that's one way to do it, where I would get my deck, and you would get your deck, or I would get my cards, and you would get yours. Mm-hmm. The other, which I think is actually really cool, um, is where I just give you all the cards, and I have it jotted down which ones are assets and which, which ones are challenge. Um, you would never have, um, like you wouldn't have like an asset person and a challenge person. You would just have all the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and this could lead to a couple cool things. So I'll say this really quickly. Um, yeah, so you say, oh, we'll do one of our, um, yeah, idea cards and it ends up being bad intel because it's a challenge Mm -hmm. and suppose you had like three cards under person for instance and you're like oh this could be really good and you play your first one and it's terrible and now you think "Uh uh-oh like this means that the town in general um like is against us there are key figures against us and now we have to be more Mm -hmm. uh, we can't really rely on people here that could be really cool yeah that would be really cool the only thing then i see um is how would people if they want to be part of the game, part of the actual mini game. 
How mm. would you get to the point where they don't know which cards they they get? Like, how would they not know that they have a challenge? Either could you maybe not explain the rules to them and then... No, no, I would yeah. explain them the rules, but I would do the cards without them, right? So they yeah. would tell me where they want to put their... Like, what they would... Uh, they would they adopt... Um, a what what are called time, place, and manner. So a time piece. Are you doing it fast, standard time, uh, or slow? Mm. Um, the place. Like, are you doing it on the ground, first person, uh, or second person, or third person? And then, are you being like undercover, um, standard, uh, or um, remote? Uh, and so, based on those, uh, sorry, not remote, uh, strong arm. Right, and so that's where's the Joker. So based on those things, that determine those are the modifiers to your piles. If we're doing the advanced rules, mm -hmm. and so um, all you would know is what you chose for time, place, and manner, and if you have any skills. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then I'll say, okay, here are the cards that are generated, uh, and I'll say like um, two player, right? Uh, t two person, sorry. Uh, one place, uh, three things, and no uh, ideas. And now you know that you have two, one, and three, but you don't know whether they're asset or challenge. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so then when we play, you're just, let's try the one. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> it's a bad place. Mm -hmm. um, or it's a good place. It's a favorable place. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That could be fun. That could be really fun. Um, I think... <sighs> this one might be, like, a little controversial but i think um it's less of a mini game then if you're doing it it's sort of like a mini game for you no you don't have to do it right so um uh -huh. there are different rules um that would so otherwise you don't have these cards that get introduced to the game mm -hmm. right um and so yeah so that's that's all i'm saying so the reason that it makes it a mini game is it's um a different resolution it's card based Mm -hmm. um, and it introduces this new element to the game, which is these bonuses that you don't have to have and you wouldn't have otherwise. You, you might just have information uh, as a player that you could role play through mm -hmm. instead. Okay. Yeah. I, I see the... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see that. Cool. Cool. Um, so that is the... Uh, that was the pitch. And that was the hack and slash. Curveball, apparently. Curveball. Mm -hmm. Curveball. Curveball. And... Um, any final things? Should we give a quick update on um, our paranormal game that uh, we just played? <laughs> what kind of update? I want to. I want to see what you're going with this. <laughs> uh, well, so we made a we we've been experimenting with the rules uh, and with a kind of new system. Mm -hmm. And uh, today we finally got to. I, I, I blogged about this, right? So I blogged about what the party was doing in the first session, and I talked oh. about how uh, you know the challenges of in a kind of modern day game with Supernatural where the characters have never encountered Supernatural before, how on earth do you get the characters to buy into this kind of game? Mm -hmm. um, and as I'd imagined, it, it went a little slow. So for the first like session and a half, probably, mm -hmm. only one character had important information uh, and so yeah. it was in the game. And then the, and the other two were kind of like, well, what are we doing now, right? So would I really be involved in this? But I think now that maybe two and a half of the characters are involved. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, and by two and a half, do you mean Mom's character and then Austin? Because he's probably like 1.5 <laughs> worth into that. <laughs> I think you're half into it now. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty half into it. Uh, but yeah, so Austin's character, um, he saw the first uh, Supernatural thing. Mm -hmm. um, and he was terrified uh, and shook, as the kids say. He got, he got shook. He got shook. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so he's in a kind of state of shock right now, and the party has run away bravely uh, to yep. reconvene mm -hmm. for a second time. 
smartly. Yeah. Realistically. And I just want to say that this modern game leads to some hilarious and ridiculous oh scenarios. God. It really does. <laughs> so um, Austin's character's name is uh, Brian. And he was um, at one point pointing a hunting rifle out a window and then running around a, a <laughs> public park with a hunting rifle using the scope to look at people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. probably the weirdest thing that's happened so far. Uh, yeah. I mean, besides, sometimes he'll just be like, all right, I'm going to go grab this. But oh. he won't make any effort to be like, but I'll be stealthy about it or like... <laughs> It's in a bag. He'll just be like, I grab a rifle, and we're like on like a suburban street, and I'm like, Watson, <laughs> yeah, by you're the gonna way, get us killed. <laughs> yeah, so when Victoria says, I'm gonna grab this, in Austin's case, it's always a weapon. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. It's always a weapon. It's always a ridiculous uh, weapon, like not something that people normally have, except for airsoft. But I yes. think that that is probably the weirdest thing that he yeah. carries around with him. Agree. <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, so we'll be back. Um, that actually used a, uh, the damage system that we talked about in D, um, and it uh, inflicted, I think in damage we talked about psychic wounds, and it, yeah, it inflicted a psychic wound. Oh, and did so, it? Yeah. I didn't know about that. That's cool. And this is, I think, only the second time there's been a psychic wound inflicted. So when you encountered the, um, the Wheat Mother, um, someone uh, was dealt a psychic wound. And I think it was that guy, I don't even know his name, Michael maybe, who was sitting oh, in. Um, one of the, the friends of somebody who yeah. came. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was dealt a psychic wound in the process of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, good times. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so, what we did today was we talked about uh, mini games. We had some struggles kind of initially just understanding uh, being on exactly yeah. the same page about that and I agreeing think that, on the definition yeah yeah and i think that um there's no reason to be dogmatic about these things um if the goal is to um, include them when they're enjoyable mm -hmm. um and when uh and when people are on board right so to give the option so if you don't want to do um the card based uh i'm right i think i'm calling it sick strategic intel card system six um, You're gonna call it six. Six. Mm -hmm. I think it needs an S in there. Strategic Intel Intel card six. That's pretty cool. Strategic Intel card. Cards. Systematic Intel cards. Sis. Scenario Intel. Scenario Intel card. That's what it is. Scenario Intel cards. So it's cards that give you intel about a scenario. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a question I, I asked. Like, what acronym is the best? between sick and cross, but cross is like way complicated, but more people are choosing it right now. So yeah. if you go to Twitter. Can we, can we figure out, can we hear the, what is cross right now? No, you can't because uh, card resolution of. Um, something, something. Something, something. It's something, just something, called something something. something, something. Probably scenario synopsis or I don't know, but look, it's not so good. I think people like cross because it's, religious icons yeah. or something like that, but sick. I was actually trying to see if I could get um, Eke uh, or Reki to work because Eke is Behold mm -hmm. um, and Reki is for, you know, Recon itself. Uh, mm -hmm. But Sick, Thus, I, mean, I think that works. Yeah. So, some Latin in there. Um, okay. Um, yeah, we talked about minigames. We had that, yeah, agreement eventually about what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, talked through a bunch of different clear possibilities, less clear possibilities. Uh, we made our pitch. We had a vicious hack and slash. Mm-hmm. Um, How was it vicious? It was good. Okay. Yeah, it was really good. 
And then um, we gave a quick update on what we're doing party-wise, and that was fun. Maybe we'll do that more regularly. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else? Um, no, I think I'm good. Cool. Well, then, this is Travis. This is Victoria. And you've been listening to Dungeon Chatter. Hey there, thanks for listening to episode 13. If you want more Dungeon Chatter, please check us out at DungeonChatter.com or follow us on Twitter at, at @DungeonChatter. And if you liked our show, it'd be super cool if you left a review on iTunes and told your friends who are also in RPG stuff, or maybe curious about RPG stuff, or maybe completely indifferent to RPGs entirely, but you think might still enjoy this. We definitely appreciate it. Our next episode, N is for NPC, will be out in two weeks on Monday, April 15th, which, whoa, is tax day, just a helpful reminder. So we hope to see you then. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>